What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet once again. Sorry, everybody, we're not at the table this week, but we will be back. Don't worry, this isn't permanent. It's just smoking hat travel, and we can still, and now we know we can do this show on the road anywhere through the power of the internet. I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. I'm blue, da-ba-dee-da-ba-da, if Very I was green, blue. I would die. Yeah, the lighting <laughs> in this room is horrible, and I'm just, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm just, this lovely, this is what happens when really pale people go to the beach. You get so sunburned, your skin turns blue. Well, you were just telling me that your mom made a pie, a blueberry pie, oh, with blueberries yeah. picked fresh off the plant today. That's what it was. So obviously, having a little bit of reaction, you're flamingoing yourself. Yeah. That's what you know? it is. I'm That's Violet exactly Beauregarding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Team Chat Podcast, like I said, is a video game show where we talk about games. And you can listen to that show every Tuesday uh, morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, except this week, again, because we had to shift our schedule because it's been the big, wonderful week of E3, which is what you may have guessed this episode is going to be all about. So, uh, like I said, you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web. Episodes released every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to them podcast services, watch it on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just go to those places, slash Team Chat Podcast or at Team Chat Podcast, and you'll find us. Join our Discord server where you can talk about video games with us when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, just like Zach S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Fuchsia Rascal, Fuchsia Rascal, first time I've ever not said her name right, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W have done, and Mariah K, she's not on this list, but I remember her as well, have done, they went over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast and supported the show like you can do for just as little as a dollar a month. And in return, you'll get cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery that is specifically for patrons, and a lot of other goodies along the way. Uh, but if you can't do that, that's no big deal at all. We totally understand, and there are a ton of other ways that you can help us support, help support the show and help make it bigger and better, such as telling your friends, writing us reviews, subscribing wherever you listen to or watch the show, and, uh, you know, just putting the good word of Team Chat Podcast out there on the old interwebs or to your friends. All that good stuff helps make us bigger and better, and we love and appreciate each and every one of our listeners, viewers, patrons alike. We get to do it properly this time. We get to do it real. Woohoo! Heart emojis. Heart emoji. (laughs) But before we get into the main topic of the day, talking about all that E3 goodness, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Okay, so as of this week, the week of June 14th, we have Among Us coming to Xbox Series XNS and Xbox One on June 15th. We also have Strange Strange Brigade. This was actually one of the games that was just announced today during the Nintendo Direct, and it was one of those, hey, here's a game, and it's out today. So Always Strange- fun when that happens. Always fun when that happens. So Strange Brigade, God, why can't I say this? Strange Brigade <laughs> is out now for exclusively the Nintendo Switch. Dark Alliance for PS5, Xbox Series XS, PS4, Xbox One, and PC is coming on June 22nd. Also on the 22nd, we have Ender Lilies, Quietus of the Nights. That's actually a fun name. That uh, a that's fun coming name. out for Switch and PC. So is Lego Builder's Journey for Switch and PC on the 22nd as well, along with Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Uh Uh-oh, that title didn't get updated. Uh Uh-oh. We'll assume that's Olympic Games Tokyo 2021, the official video game. What if they still, like, with the Olympics this year, they still just call them the 2020 Olympics? Maybe all the marketing budget was already spent and they couldn't afford to update it. Well, we're stuck with it. Well. We're just going to pretend 2020 was a great year. Anyways, that's out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. And then on the 23rd, we have Worms Rumble coming to the Nintendo Switch. And that gets us through into next week. Very cool. Very cool. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is June 15th today, right? Yes, June 15th. And the last big presentations and conferences of E3 have now concluded. I know there's going to be still a few things throughout the week. Uh, Like I, I know like on the 17th, uh, that Xbox is doing an extent, another like extended showcase to go a little bit more in depth into their games there, which I'm going to be checking out and uh, you should too, because it's going to be hosted by Gamertag Radio's Paris Lilly, and he's going to do a fantastic job uh, doing that. I've I've been, I've become more familiar with uh, Gamertag Radio and Paris 
uh, over the last two years or so. And he's just an awesome dude. And he is like full of fun energy does, you know, it just gives great insights. I've loved following him on Twitter and stuff like that. So really, you should really go check that out. Cause I bet that showcase is going to be a blast when he does it, but it was an interesting E3 also this year in the sense, like, like what was kind of Mogan, your overall reaction to it? Like to be honest, completely honest, there wasn't a ton of stuff that I was, over the moon about like, and like was super excited for, I mean, it was like stuff I already knew was coming out. We got updates for, yeah, and that's cool and exciting to keep getting those. But some of the newer things even that were announced didn't really get me that excited, but there were still some good ones in there that we'll talk about yeah. in a bit, but what, what did you kind of feel about it? Well, so I, I kind of felt the same way about the majority of E3 this year, just in that most of the things that were announced, I either felt like we already knew about, like you said, mm-hmm. or they were just things that I wasn't that interested in. Um, yeah. Like, you know, particularly with a lot of the uh, Xbox gaming stuff and Ubisoft and whatever, those games aren't often up my alley. They sometimes right, are, but right. they frequently aren't. Uh, but the Nintendo Direct specifically, I feel like had an interesting trend of, remember these weird franchises that yeah. everybody forgot? We're bringing those back, baby. And honestly, I'm here for it. So th- none oh, of these same. are none of these are on uh, my list of things that I was personally excited about. But it, I should be more excited about this because it. I've never felt more blindsided by an E3 announcement before <laughs> than than by Fatal Frame, dude. The yeah. Fatal Frame games are old AF and niche. And I mean, you know, Nintendo loves niche games. Uh, so the fact that a new Fatal Frame Fatal Frame game is coming out for the Switch and it looks pretty awesome, uh, I'm actually really creepy. excited about. The, the reason that I have so much, I guess, like, nostalgic attachment to Fatal Frame isn't even because I played them. I had a roommate in college who was studying Japanese and she would play the Fatal Frame games in the Japanese. And I would just oh. sit there at night and be like, Gosh, this is spooky. <laughs> I'm into this. I like what's happening here. So it was just like a fun time. Like she would play the games and I would sit there and be like, watch you, watch you. <laughs> so they, they're really fun games. And I completely understand the kind of person that is probably seeing a Fatal Frame revival and going, finally, it's finally happening. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I'm not actually sure, they didn't announce it in the direct it I can't remember exactly what day they announced it, but I mentioned this on the Discord that the uh, Ace Attorney Chronicles, um, the oh, Phoenix yeah, Wright yeah. games, Ace Attorney Chronicles has been newly announced, I think. And it's 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 still the typical Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney formula of like fun detective and investigation game, and then you go to trial and you have to defend your case. The Ace Attorney games are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten out of ten would recommend, but they're also mostly for handhelds you know in the past all of these games were for the ds uh so by now they are a little bit harder to get your hands on there have been some ports though recently of the older series which has brought it back to more people but to see a brand new ace attorney type ace attorney title coming and that it's in such an interesting new setting it features a whole new cast of characters but it's like um the ancestors of the of the modern ace attorney cast so it's like well what about phoenix wright's great grandfather was he as much of a detective the answer is yes so I think it looks like a really interesting game. Uh, Ace Attorney Chronicles is going to take place in late 1800s Britain and Japan, mm. as I understand it. So it's going to cool. be like Victorian era, but in both of those locales, which I think is such a fun cross-section. That's cool. um, I'm actually low-key, like, very excited about that <laughs> game. So Fatal Frame, the Ace Attorney series. Rampa. People love yeah. Rampa, And just to see that it's getting, like, a whole new legacy edition for the Switch with four games in it, plus an extra bonus board game that used to be a mini game within Danganronpa that they made into its own game. I was all about that. I thought that was an awesome announcement. Uh, And then there are a couple of others on there that we'll talk about a little bit more later. Ooh, a little tease. I like it. I like it. Yeah, it was, I'm wondering, and I've seen a lot of conversation around it. So this isn't like, this is my first original thought, but I'm, but like, obviously we're kind of seeing the effects of the pandemic. And all yeah. that. And that's probably part of why 
there weren't as many like bigger announcements and all that. But that does make me wonder if that is why we're seeing a lot more announced like reboots, remasters, because I'm wondering, again, not knowing the ins and outs completely of game development or anything like that, or even probably close to what those those are. But that kind of seems like could be like a, okay, we can't put as much effort into these bigger games that we're trying to get off the ground right now. What if we do this? I don't know, but it's still pretty exciting to see because there were a lot of, uh, of like you said, remasters or like collections announced and different things like that. Because like, didn't, aren't the uh, like the the Final Fantasies aren't those the old like Final Fantasies yeah. getting like oh yes, you're put right into a collection really- and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's like the oldest Final Fantasies. I forgot yeah. about that one. I was actually really jazzed about that because, again, those games are hard to play nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's super fun to see those come out. The other one was the Advance Wars game. Yeah. Th- that's, a, that's an old series that, you know, I feel like people haven't heard anything new from in years. So there's yeah, all uh... kinds of stuff that's just like, wow, look at all these things crawling their way back to life. Uh, Pushing I was, their I was, way up. Yeah, I was happy to see it. I'm all for revivals. It makes me feel like the Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> Could it one day reappear. <laughs> <laughs> so my wish list of wish lists is, of course, that the Legend of Dragoon will eventually get a remaster. And this isn't even a remaster. I've mentioned it before. I just want a hard port of Golden Sun 1 and 2. Put mm-hmm. it on the switch. That's all I want. You don't have to do anything to it. And this gives me hope that if Fatal Frame can get on there, they got to get Golden Sun out there, man. He was one of the most successful Game Boy Advance titles ever made. Yep. They got to get on that train. It was really interesting. I was watching uh, IGN's pre-show before the uh, Nintendo's the Nintendo Direct presentation today, and one of the their hosts said like he would really want it. He was really hoping to see it like a Game Boy Advance presence because there hasn't been a lot. And then we got that with Advance Wars and a few others. So it was like it was kind of like oh <laughs> the, okay. <laughs> but should we talk about the little the little thingy the Game and Watch? Oh, oh yeah. That was so weird. That was weird. That was weird. And that's what I said at the Discord. It was like, here is one of the most revered franchises in all of gaming, Legend of Zelda, having its 35th anniversary this year. And we're not going to. And here's a weird $50 device that has four games on it. The old Zelda games. And uh, there was another one, too like associated to Legend of Zelda, but it's not like called Legend of Zelda. Oh, the, the whack-a-mole game. Yeah. The, that, where you're I can't Link. remember what it's called now. I'm completely blanking on it, but yeah. And then it's like, but you can play those on this weird little device that it also has like, a clock built into the maps that you're playing on. And I was like, excuse me, what? What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. uh, it like, was an you, odd, it was an odd choice. I gotta you, say. Usually I'm all about Nintendo's, more whimsical ideas. <laughs> and, and this one definitely falls into the whimsy category. Yeah. But even I was like, really? But that does kind of bring us around to two of my honorable mentions, okay. which aren't on my list because I feel like they don't really fall into a category of this was news and or I feel like now is the time to get excited about it. And they are, of course, that, you know, just uh, just the Skyward the Skyward Sword HD remake in general. I'm just excited about it. And every yeah. time they remind me that it's coming out, I'm like, yeah. In like a month, right? Yeah, it comes out next month. One nice. step closer. Uh, so excited about Skyward Sword. And then also we did finally, and people are probably going to be mad that I'm putting this into honorable mentions, but but the Breath of the Wild 2 uh, yeah. release. Um, I am extremely... Take oh, that back. It, it's going yeah. into the list. Well, it's going into the list. You want you want me to just start with it as my Go number ahead. three? Go ahead. I'm already yeah. here. Go for All it. All right. So Jared and I have both kind of picked out, you know, our top three things from E3 that we're really excited about. Mine, I won't say is in chronological order, because now that I'm thinking about it more, I would probably put this at number two. So okay. we're going to pretend this is number two to go along with Breath of the Wild 2. So nice. the reason that I wasn't originally going to put it on the list is we already know it's coming. We just don't know when. Right, and right. there's not really that much, you know, it's not like it's at a stage where they were able to do a big gameplay demo. And the gameplay shouldn't be that much different from Breath of the Wild 1. So I'm not really expecting anything wild in the gameplay department. 
But what we did get from the new kind of promotional trailer, a couple of things that were extremely exciting. Number one, Link's hair is longer and wilder than ever before. flowing in the wind. Flowing. He apparently lost his hair tie. Where it went, we don't know, but he lost it. He doesn't <laughs> have that anymore. Ganon stole it. He, that bitch stole his hair that tie. Son of a that bitch. A new low blow for Ganon. <laughs> but it does make sense because I think it's in Hyrule Warriors. Ganon has extremely long hair. So he was probably like, I need it more than you. Just be cool with this just once. So Link's hair is longer and wilder than ever, but more importantly, there were, none of this was explained, of course. They didn't, like, talk about it at the time. It was just sort of a promotional trailer. Uh, But there were new types of enemies, um, and most importantly for me, some interesting new abilities that were just kind of briefly shown. There was one where Link appeared to be going upward through a floor, kind of like he was phasing up through it, and I was like... That's really interesting. I would like to know more about that. Uh, And then, of course, for me, the biggest thing was they are integrating floating islands, sky islands in the Breath of the Wild 2. And as somebody who loved Skyward Sword, unironically, still think it's a great game, loved traveling around to all the different islands in the sky, I was jazzed to see that. So we don't know much more about the game than that. There's going to be some new enemies. There's some new terrain. There's Link's hair. Something happens to Princess Zelda. It has to. It's part of the franchise. We don't know what. She but fell it's into in a there. chasm. She she's fell into dead. A chasm. Confirmed. She, she's, she's just dead. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know what? It's time. It's just we're, time. We've been tiptoeing around this for too her. damn long. She's just dead. Oh, yep. Okay. But anyway, so Princess Zelda is there, but something clearly happens to her as 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 things do happen to poor Princess Zelda. Uh, and then more importantly, they have tentative. I'm calling this tentative. They showed at the end of the trailer that it is slated to be released in an, an undisclosed time period in 2022. Yep. I personally, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, I, I pers- I'm, I'm, I'm working down Q1 2023. Uh, as when I think it's going to actually come out. It's probably going to release on the anniversary day, like in March or April or whenever the first game came out, and they're going to do it in 2023. That's what I yeah. personally think is going to happen. And this just ties back into our, our conversation that I would be very surprised if this wasn't one of the games that was highly impacted by coronavirus because Japan went into extreme levels of lockdown. So that that had to be a factor behind this game. Maybe they were even wanted it to come out in 2021 and they just realized it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Um, let's see. So one of my favorite things, I'll go ahead and just jump into it. It was supposed to be my number two as well. But since we already kind of mentioned it, I'm going to go ahead and say it first. Uh, I am honestly hyped as hell for Advance Wars. I shouldn't have said anything. I knew you were excited about that game. I'm a fool. Oh, no, it's fine because I played it off because see, because I knew that I knew I was going to come back to it. Good poker face. (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, I'm excited for this game and I honestly have no idea why. Because I played this game on the Game Boy Advance, but I didn't own a Game Boy Advance. I played it at my buddy Spencer's house growing up. He had the Game Boy Advance. In fact, when I when he had uh, when I saw the trailer, I texted to him and just said, "Dude, (laughs) like, like it's back," because it was one of the games he played a whole lot, and so I saw him play it. But then, in terms of me actually playing it, I guarantee you, I put in less than ten hours. But I remember, I just have very fun memories of playing this game over at his house with him. And we would be like talking about like our strategy of how we were going to tape. Cause it's a very turn-based. It, it basically plays like a board game in a way. And in fact, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it really is that just a glorified like turn-based tactical board game. In fact, in the new presentation of how it's looking on the switch, the map looks like it's a board of a board. It game Cause it's got like yeah. a little like wooden box that it sits in and all this stuff, but something about it. And, and I, you know, it's very funny how a turn-based uh, like combat and stuff like that in JRPGs. I'm just like, no, thank you. But put it into a turn-based like strategy, like civilization or something like this. I am 100% down for. And 
it kind of like rings a little bit too of like Mario Rabbids, which I was excited to see that it got is getting a sequel as well. I actually wondered if that was going to be on your list because I remember you had really favorable things to say about that game. Uh, Again, similar premise in the fact that it's a turn based, you know, combat, you know, strategy theme like that. But just something about Advanced Wars has put its claws in me, even in those less than 10 hours that I actually physically played the game. But I just remember like the music was super fun. I loved the like almost like toy soldiery kind of like feel to the game yeah. too. Do you remember those old games? The like toy soldier, like it was like PS one had to be, or maybe even in 64, but it was like the little plastic army men. And you would play as the, like, it was like a shoot a third person, first person shooter kind of thing. Like we that. had Tekken but, and Spiro and, <laughs> but, but like something about it like that just kind of like stuck in me and still has for all these years, because I was watching part of the Nintendo Treehouse that talking about it too. And they said like, it's been like 20 years since the game was out and something about it has absolutely just put its claws and, you know, put, sunk its hooks in me. Maybe 15 years. I can't remember. Anyway, it's but time. it's been a long time since the Game Boy Advance. And so it's just like, but, and I, it was just kind of one of those things I had lost. I, I just assumed it was lost to time. And now here it is going to be able to be on my little switch. And I am hyped as hell to get to play this game and actually play it all the way through. And not to mention, it's not just the first one. It's one and two. And they said in the Nintendo Treehouse, it's like a complete, like from the ground up remake. It's not like it's just retextured. Yeah. It is just like redone completely. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, I can't necessarily explain to you why I'm so hyped about it, but honestly, that was the th- advanced Wars should have probably been my number one. Cause that was the thing that it came up and I was like, you're shitting me. <laughs> this is it. It's <laughs> happening. And I got so excited for it. I mean, I played less than 10 hours of this game. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all, though, because you, uh, between the two of us, you have the more strategic mind, and this, this definitely feels like the kind of game that I feel like you're going to absolutely love, and being oh, able yeah. to play it as an adult with a, a thinking adult brain that can right. like make better strategy, plus right. in terms of production value... It looks so cute. So what cute. a cute looking like, game! I like how even like the 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 units when they roll up into the battle screen, they almost look like clay. Yes, it's like they, the CGI they, they cut, is yeah, like almost like a claymation look, like look to it. They look yeah. like toys, and I really love that they went all in with with their theme. It looks really cute. Uh, I, you know. St- Strategy RPGs aren't usually my thing, but I would give it a try. If somebody else owned game. it, I would give it a shot because that game looks really good. Uh, was, I, I can, I see the appeal. Oh, for sure. So yeah, Advance Wars. I was hyped as hell. And so uh, before we get too much, I, can, I think we didn't necessarily explain it too much before we got started, but I know in past years, we have like gone conference by conference and read through everything. We're not going to do that this time because like we said, there was just a lot of it. Either A, I was not very familiar with or, you know, so we're just sticking to our top three favorite things that we pulled from the whole conference. And then we're going to have some honorable mentions and then maybe some things that we're going to talk about that are that we felt were missing and were or were surprised. We didn't yeah. see anything else about. Uh, but so what was another one of your favorites then? So you already I had guess it- uh, the the. the uh, Wow, I blanked on it for literally 10 minutes. Thank you, Breath of the Wild 2. If you had that one, what is another one of your favorites? So this one actually would have been, I guess, my number three. I'm realizing that now I've thrown off my list because there's technically four now because I was going to count Breath of the Wild as (laughs) an honorable mention. But we'll call (laughs) this one kind of an honorable mention as well because I don't have that much to say about it Mm. other than... Back from the dead, eh? (laughs) Because it's monkey ball. It's super monkey ball. You have no idea how much on the GameCube. Uh, I guess it was a Super Monkey Ball or maybe Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. I don't remember exactly which version we have. I think I still own our copy. Ooh, I that's cool. That's worth any money. <laughs> but uh, we played Super Monkey Ball, which I think is the version we had, to death. I have so many extremely fond memories, not just of playing this game on my own, which I did a lot, with Bro Mogan, which I did a lot, and more like with friends that I had. Uh, I remember playing this game a lot with Jesse Janae, 
Sarah Moore, a bunch of my like childhood friends because we loved it. And we would just take turns, you know, passing the controller back and forth, trying to get through the levels. Uh, And the the game specifically that's coming out that I'm jazzed about is Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, And it is essentially, I think, a collection of Super Monkey Ball um, games. It has... Yeah, compilation of classic Simeon courses. So it's got quite a few of the different Monkey Ball uh, levels, I think, that are just sort of remastered. And then a bunch of the mini games that are also really fun to play with your friends. So this is a game that I can just envision having a ton of fun playing with friends again. And of course, having a raucous good time playing on your own. So for those of you that are unfamiliar, the premise of Super Monkey Ball is, you're never going to believe this, you're a monkey. Um... In okay. a ball. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you super? You are pretty super. Nice. <laughs> so okay, you're a cool. super monkey in a ball, hence the nah, name. Uh, and nah. it's it's one of those, you know, those um those those physical tilt puzzles where you're yes. trying to tilt a ball through a maze. Mm-hmm. That's the exact premise of Super Monkey Ball. You're trying to tilt the physical land that you are on, like through what is basically a, a race course kind of, but okay. you're just trying to get to the end. Uh, and a lot of the fun has to do with time trials, how how much of the level can you skip using stupid physics to get from point A to point B, how many bananas can you collect, and of course the mini games are just classic fun. So I'm legitimately very excited to see Super Monkey Ball not necessarily making a comeback with a brand new game, but just continuing to be in the public presence. Uh, it's It's a series that I love, and I'm happy to see that it's not just going by the wayside. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, speaking of mini games, not on my on either of my lists, but just since we brought it up, um, mini games and stuff. The Super Mario Party collection. Yeah, that's pretty cool that they're doing that. Like like all the old, you know, obviously pre Switch ones. They're gonna bring it's like All Stars or Superstars, something like that, I believe. And it's gonna have Mario like, Party Superstars. Yes, Superstars. And so it's gonna have like all like the old boards, old mini games, and stuff like that from m- multiple. Uh, Mario Party titles in the past and unlike the Switch Mario Party it's going to come with online play already ready to go so that I I told Sam about that one I was like hey we're going to get more Mario Party new boards new mini games it's going to be great and you know what I'm probably going to do I'm going to sell Super Mario Party and get this one instead (laughs) yeah and that was the only thing that that sucked because I was like another $60 game come yeah. on now why couldn't it have been like an expansion yeah god that you know? would have been nice so on the or one even hand, like where you could have bu- you could have like yeah. bought the boards or mini games separately as like little extra packs or add-ons like yeah. why do I gotta pay 60 bucks again oh speaking of which this wasn't you know they didn't really focus on this in the trailer but that was actually something that I really liked about the Rompa series there mm-hmm. were there were like four games in the series being released on the switch and right. they specifically said that you can either buy the collection or you can buy them individually on the Nintendo oh. eShop and I was like that's a great choice oh, yeah. I love that you can do that um, and I, I wish that more of these sort of compilation type games would give you that option I think that's a wonderful uh, shift in the model yeah especially too as stuff veers towards more digital yeah you know yeah. like it, it makes sense if it, you're releasing it all on a, on a disc but like if if it's digital like yeah that'd be awesome if you could just like pick and choose which ones you wanted or here's my idea nintendo you ready okay. for this all right so get ready. listen you, up you know how the cartridges are about big yeah i would like it if they made like one little cartridge but then if you press on it in just the right way mm-hmm. it for Danganronpa specifically, it actually breaks apart into four tinier cartridges. Oh. And that's how you play the individual games <laughs> if you don't want to play the collection. That sounds like a great way to lose a game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In fact, it sounds like the game and watch that we were just panning on over on the side. So. Yeah, pretty much does. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to me, Nintendo, but I feel like there's something there. There's a lot of good ideas. Maybe just this one skip, skip, skip. Just go over that one. Uh, let's see. So one of the other things that I was ex- super excited about, honestly, for a lot of the same reasons of Advance Wars, uh, it's an old franchise seeing the light of day again, and it's another strategy. Mogan is Age of Empires four. You know, I, I not the turn based. It's real time strategy this time. Real time strat. 
We it's the first Age of Empires since Age of Empires three, obviously, since it's the next numerical order in the in the titles. But Age of Empires three was released in two thousand five. It has been a minute it since really we've had an Age of Empires game. Almost so, twenty years. Almost twenty years, and the thing about Age of Empires is just you know I'm a fan of civilization. I'm a fan of history. So of course, of of course, this falls right into my wheelhouse. And since Age of Empires 3 dealt with uh, the like er, like uh, the call the American colonies and, and like the like even some like of the what the Western frontier, the Revolutionary War and stuff like that in its campaign or the early settling of America, I would say um, that this one is moving, though, back to kind of like a mix. It's going to take place. You're going to be uh, like the. Uh, you get to play as like Joan of Arc in one uh, campaign line. You'll also take place, uh, I believe, as Genghis Khan. Uh, it and some of it is in India, as it takes place in India as well. So it's just like a brand new settings for kind of these things. It's gonna or, or for Age of Empires, not necessarily. It's not the first time you got to play as the Mongols. No one Khan has ever played as Joan of Arc before. <laughs> but so, also, it was super funny though. I was looking at the Age of Empires 4 uh, website before we started and in the like news post they had on there talking, just kind of like recapping all the various stuff about it from that what they talked about at E3. The first comment, and I was like, this is so appropriate for uh, a game like this. The top comment was somebody being like, well, actually. Oh my God, was it really? <laughs> Joan of Arc. It is disputed that Joan of Arc ever actually fought in battles. She carried her banner and and, and was more of a banner woman, a banner, you know, held that and never actually took part in the combat, much less charge headfirst into a battle on a horse wielding a sword twice as big as her. And I was like, what? They, they, they just couldn't stand it. Their hatred for women could not be contained. But that I was just like, good God. So, it is both ridiculous and funny and sad. Yes, good that heavens. was immediately all the things I said. I was just oh like, really? God. That's that's where we're going with this? No, uh, whatever. But I was just like, also, nerd. Did <laughs> <laughs> you just like, call it nerd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It was just, just spot a bit like, a uh, nerd. <laughs> but it was just like, I was oh like, come God. on, dude. But anyway, uh, Age of Empires, you know, you, Real-time strategy game, you build your your empire from the ground up. You start off with settlers, and you build it into a military force, you know, and you can obviously play through just, like, a campaign scenario like the Joan of Arc storyline, like the Genghis Khan one, or you can obviously do, like, more of a free play situation. There's multiplayer, and obviously, too, now that it's 15 years later, it's got some impressive-as-hell graphics, too, and it looks yeah. really clean. Like, I was even seeing some stuff of, like, well, a wall being knocked down by trebuchet and or catapults and all this, and, the, like, the just how the mechanics of the destruction of the walls looks, and it just looks so good. Plus, two, one of the really cool things about Age of Empires is it's kind of, like, always kept the same main theme throughout and the trailer used that theme and you're just like, Oh, it's just, again, a huge kick in nostalgia. And honestly, that's what was doing it for me. This E3 were these kind of, and it's going to play into my number one thing that I'm excited for too. Is this like bits of nostalgia that we just got spoonfuls of like this? Let's just like every conference was like, here's something like, Here's this from your past. Here's this from your past. Here's this from your past. Enjoy, everyone. And so it's just, you know, stuff like that. That I just, Age of Empires 4, I know we didn't necessarily get anything new about it other than the fact that you got the new trailer and stuff like that. But I couldn't resist. Still hyped as hell. Yeah, sometimes you don't need much more than that. Sometimes you just want to be, like with the Skyward Sword thing. I just wanted to be reminded that it's coming so that I could be happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So what is another one of your favorite things? So this one is really just kind of, I feel like an obligatory mention. I am excited about this game, but it's one that I will probably, maybe not, maybe not buy it release, largely from the standpoint of intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. But it has to be mentioned that we finally got real information about Elden Ring, ah. the, the new the new the new Soulsborne in town. Yep, yep. Uh, it is from director Hidetaka Miyazaki. 
uh, who I believe worked on some of the other, you know, big, big bads of Soulsborne, Dark Souls and or Bloodborne. So he's incredible and he does some amazing storytelling. This is also the game that this particular piece doesn't appeal to me, but I know that a lot of people are really jazzed about. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin is providing some of the writing for the game. I don't know to what extent, but, you know, obviously there are loads of people who love the game. Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. I don't read, you know. I, I hope read. he finished. he's finished the writing that he's doing for this game, though. <laughs> burn <laughs> sony was like bro we've got deadlines that are different than yours you cannot be doing that. but like who does that you know like again i'm not an author but like you've got this huge series that people are still waiting for the conclusion on and you jump to a completely other project <laughs> Uh, you know what? All all I can hope is that maybe this provided a fun, creative outlet, a mental break yeah. from his long running series, and that maybe this is like the refresher, like the juice yeah. that he needs to go back to uh, the Game of Thrones books. But the point is, Elden Ring. So one of the main reasons that I don't go back to the Dark Souls games, uh, Bloodborne a little bit more so, but the Dark Souls games don't appeal to me as much as Bloodborne did, for example, because they are frankly, they're not pretty. <laughs> they're, they're not they're not shiny and yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah. Which is understandable. That's not what they're going for. Their whole right. jam is like, no, it's uh, it's in the name. It's called Dark Souls. We're not going to make it pretty for you. But Elden Ring looks pretty. It's a beautiful looking game. Pretty. It is grotesquely pretty. But even just the environments. I was really struck by a lot of the environments that they were showing in the game. And most importantly, of all everyone agrees horse there's a horse it's a horse goat is it, is it a horse or is it a goat it we'll looks more like it a, a goat it looks like a, a hoot should we call it a hort <laughs> a hoot a hoot anyways a whatever you get a creature that you can ride around on which in terms of making what we can you know the dark the worlds of dark souls and bloodborne are were already quite big. Mm -hmm. So we can imagine that Elden Ring will probably be even bigger and you're going to need to, you know, get from point A to point B in a more efficient fashion. So having a fun little horse goat friend to ride around on, that's just good fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and we also got, again, an actual release date. So unlike with Breath of the Wild 2, uh, the release date is currently slated for January 21st of 2022. Q1 2022. So hopefully that means that even if it does get a delay, maybe the delay is only through winter. So yep. we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. But I am really excited uh, to see to see what this game winds up being. I think it has a lot of potential, and I know that many people are super psyched about it. This is also one of those games that I feel like is going to make good use of next gen graphics. I feel oh, like it's sure. going to like the superior. Uh, experience is going to be on next gen consoles and well too probably because it does look like it's going to be a fairly graphic intensive game yeah. lots of different assets so i'm sure that yeah. ssd is going to come in clutch with the load we, times we can't um, be having no laggy blight town again we don't know. need that <laughs> get that 60 fps hopefully yeah. on there too um it looks great it looked like I love the the design of like some of the creatures and monsters and whatever that you fight. Just the overall look of the world yeah, and the game is really awesome. Excellent. I can already tell you that game would put me into a rage of none other. So I bet my experience with it is going to be through watching other people play it because I was just like, that is awesome. Definitely not for this guy. <laughs> so legitimately, that is, that is also something that I'm looking forward to. Sometimes a game comes out and you're like, I like with Fatal Frame. I know yeah. this isn't for me, but I will greatly enjoy watching somebody else who like this is their jam. I want right. to watch somebody who loves this type of game play this game for sure. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get all caught up in the memes that are sure to come off of it. You know, yeah. the new praise, the sons and whatever, what have you. Uh, but praise yeah, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you name it black Phillip? That's what I want to know. If you can name the, your, it's your a very that. specific name for the goat. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, uh, it's from the movie, uh, the witch. Oh, oh, oh my God. That's yeah. such a good joke, Jarrett. And it just fell flat. And you wasted it on me. <laughs> that was a good joke. Damn. 
Well, hopefully well, somebody else out there got yeah. it. I'm counting I, I, I bet Brandon did. Brandon <laughs> yeah. probably got it. He was probably like, uh-huh. <laughs> astute his, observation, <laughs> sir. <laughs> reading his copy of Sensible Chuckle magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, so Elden Ring, uh, and that's not my last one. My number okay. one is still to come. So we just uh, there's four for me. And that's that's okay, number okay. two. Uh, I think I know what your uh, number you one do. is going to yeah, be, you know what it is, and you know. it's going to it's going to tie into my honorable mentions. So we'll we'll roll into that okay. next here in a bit. Uh, but for my number one thing that I'm excited about, it may be basic, but I'm pretty excited about Halo Infinite. I hoped that at least because. I looked at Halo Infinite and I was like, well, that's you know, not really for me. But I had right, hoped right. that you were going to be excited about it because I'm excited for Halo fans. You know, it's just like, not for me, but I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, we got another little like trailer for it, uh, a little bit more information on what's going on, kind of the main, uh, you know, the main drive or the main initial mystery of of you know what's going to be happening with Chief and this new version of Cortana and everything. That new, and I will say... 343 took the feedback from the last trailer they showed. This game looks pretty. Yeah. Like, I, I I will say, if you went back and listened to our reactions where we first talked about that, uh, when we talked about the first reveal that we saw for Halo Infinite and that first gameplay trailer and all that, and everybody was like, this doesn't look next gen. This doesn't look new. This looks and like Halo did. 1. I said then, and I still kind of hold to it, that didn't bug me. I kind of liked that more retro aesthetic to it that the you know harkening back to the old halo and so but still though seeing these like new and like very i've seen like comparisons of like the battle rifle from that initial uh or assault rifle from the initial gameplay reveal to the to this new one and my god it does look 10 times better <laughs> and you know and it just it, it just it, it has but what's nice is may, the even though they may have you know uh changed course on that from what we saw in the gameplay, especially the multiplayer that they showed off, there's a lot of old Halo in new Halo. And yeah. that is what's really cool. Like the ability to be able to throw a grenade and it explode and it launches a weapon into the air that you can then catch and use. Like that's old Halo stuff. I loved that it, this is a new thing, but that there were going to be like a grapple gun that you could use to both a traverse places, but then also B you could shoot it at a gun or something on the ground and pick it up and use it. That stuff is all really cool. Uh, you know, while I am excited for the single player campaign to see where chief story, master chief story goes next. I am real excited about the direction that they chose to go with the multiplayer and some changes that they're making to that formula that I think are going to have some pretty good repercussions and also tipping hats off to them for going there. Uh, in the sense that Halo, they're making the multiplayer for Halo Infinite free to play. So obviously everybody's like, okay, well, cool. We understand what comes with free to play games is yes, microtransactions. And you would be correct with that. But also it's allowing for an even deeper level of customization to your Spartan. And this is one of the things that like going back to talking again about the nostalgia and see this, another reason why this game is up on the list for why one of the things I'm most excited about from this year's E3 is because playing halo over at my buddy Spencer's house. Uh, you know, we, that was the thing of like, we would all outfit our Spartan with uh, our own specific look. Mine was like a dark gray overall with red, uh, highlights to different features. And it was super cool looking, but now I can look at all the customization that I'm going to get to do to the Spartan, to my Spartan in halo infinite. And I am just, Oh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to make that dude look badass. Plus they added in that in like the first battle pass, the first content drop that they're going to be having, you're going to be able to get like a samurai armor set for your Spartans. And it looks amazing. So that is all very cool. Uh, but the big thing and the changes to kind of what they're doing with the with the free to play format here is that yes to help support the game and for additional content and everything like that to it and since it's free to play they are going to be doing a battle pass system but here's the difference they will not expire they're not timed so like in apex legends Fortnite, you buy that that season's battle pass into that season if you didn't level it up all the way you're done you don't get to unlock those things unless they bring them back in some other random sale later on. Uh, but, you know, for me, I'm a very frugal person. 
person when it comes to my spending in, in uh, like the free, the free to play games. I honestly have maybe spent less than 50 bucks in Apex Legends oh, because yeah, I would sure. buy a, a battle pass, get up high enough that I would earn enough in-game currency to then buy like the next season's battle pass. So, you know, they're in what season nine now, and I've maybe actually only bought three, four seasons. So, and then like one skin once, then I was like, that was dumb. I'm not doing that because they're too damn expensive. But, um, still it is annoying though, that it's like, okay, I paid $10 less than $10. If you factor in to make up for the currency that I didn't earn in game, but like hardly ever. And I, but I actually don't think I've ever completed a battle pass because it's, that's a lot of hours. It's a lot it's, of commitment. It it's is so a lot of commitment. Time. It like has to be the only game that you're playing. So it's kind of sucks in one way. Like I like that. They, it's it like kind of puts that urgency to it where it's like, Oh, I need to play. And which is kind of fun. I do appreciate that. Like little kick in the pants to keep you going. But at the end of the day, it is kind of like, well, that's really sucks that I can't get everything. Cause I just don't have the hours of the day. So, yeah. You know, not, them not expiring is awesome. So you can have like multiple battle passes that you're still working through at any time try to get all the content. And it would let me really feel like I could be even more particular about which ones I wanted to buy or, or everything because I would be looking at it like, you know what? I got all the time in the world, basically, because I know Halo Infinite's multiplayer. They're not it's not like it's going to die two months after <laughs> the game releases, Which you know, is a threat nowadays, some games follow yeah, that path. <laughs> exactly. But you know, Halo's so established it's, there's no way that that's going to happen. And so uh, like, I'll have all the time in the world to get to play the battle passes and unlock the cosmetics that I want to unlock. The other cool thing about it is, Hey, maybe I put down the game for a couple months, half a month. I mean, half, half a year, whole year, and then decide later, you know what I'm missing in my life. I'm missing some Halo. What did I miss? You can go back and repurchase and purchase old battle passes. So the whole game, all the content to it is available at all the time. And I think that is so smart. And I, I think that's too. a great way to like revitalize the system that while it's not, it's not predatory, it's not scammy. It is like, unless you dedicate the hours to it, which are going to far outweigh the money that you're spending in the game and, you know, and everything like that, you're not going to get these these cosmetics unless i guess you buy the whole all like level 100 of the of the battle pass right off the bat but you know i'm not going to do that no. so it's like this looks like a fantastic and even though there's not like a battle royale and all that stuff in here i'm still just like good because that's not what halo is either you know it's, it's like this yeah it halo has been about these very intense multiplayer matches based on team free-for-all uh you know stuff like that and so it's just going to be awesome to get back into halo it's going to be awesome to see the all these like old things from the game being presented and brought into the into this new game not to mention you're going to get that brand new story with master chief and this new version of cortana and see where that takes us on this new halo ring the most expansive and like uh explorable one yet the possibilities are infinite Ooh. come on that was a good one too <laughs> I'm on a roll, Logan. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that conversation that you didn't already cover. Other than that, I was very pleased to see that this trailer spent so much time focusing on the multiplayer. Because yeah. I completely agree. I feel like that's really where the core appeal of Halo has been for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that they were putting that at the forefront. It does look worlds better than it did previously. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, it, I, I love, I, I'm totally on board with you. I love the idea of making battle passes that don't necessarily expire, that yeah. you can go back and get at any time. And I really hope that other, you know, I don't really play any games that this kind of applies to, except for maybe Fall Guys. Yeah. Uh, but it, and I suppose technically Rocket League for the brief amount of time that I played that game. Uh, but if uh, if other studios and developers wanted to follow suit, I think that would be a great shift. Um, oh, I same. hope that I hope that this is just the first one to do it, and that after this, others will follow. I agree. I agree. All right, Mogan, what is your top so, game from E3? This ties into both what was missing and what was a wonderful surprise. Ah. Uh, so what was missing, even though they kind of stated in some sort of, maybe not press release, but there was an article that I posted in our Discord where it said that they were going to be talking about Metroid Prime 4 at the yep. Nintendo Direct. They did not. 
I think they very briefly mentioned that they were maybe still working on it. Yeah. But we got nothing about Metroid Prime 4, which was a bummer. But we got we got something that I'm really honestly probably as happy about because it's a different take on Metroid that I love just as much. Metroid Dread is yeah. coming to the Nintendo Switch just a little bit later this year. I think it's coming out in October, October mm-hmm. 5th or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so Metroid Dread is by the same team that made the Samus Returns remake game for the Nintendo 3DS. And I, I reviewed Samus Returns years ago by yeah, now it's been a uh, while. For, for the DS. Love that game it was so well made the combat was incredible the platforming was top tier the environments the graphics were great so the metroid samus returns and metroid dread are both the 2d side-scrolling metroid style the godmother as brandon said in the discord earlier the godmother of side scrollers like Mm -hmm. metroid is one of the oldest side-scrolling platformer games and to see them come out with what is essentially a new like brand new not a remake a brand new metroid game in that same vein is so exciting and this also just ties into the the sort of theme of revival let's revive all these old series that everyone has forgotten about because honestly it was starting to feel like even though metroid is so synonymous with platforming that we now have the term metroidvanias where has Metroid been since Santa's Returns? That was really mm-hmm. the last big release that kind of anybody can think of. And Other M, oh God, what a tragic flop. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, the Prime Trilogy remake, which is great. But then really kind of Metroid Primes 1, 2, and 3 were the big Metroid games of the past 15 years. Yeah. We, we haven't had a big, new, successful metroid game in a long time that is its own new standalone and i could not be happier to see metroid dread also the theme i love that it's called metroid dread like it's gonna be dark and scary and there's gonna be stuff to like yeah it's gonna be and metroid has kind of always been like that you've always been you know exploring gutted out space colonies where you're like oh some bad stuff happened here how could i find out one will win down here Uh, and they showed off a lot of interesting creatures uh there specifically as part of the reveal trailer the first kind of cutscene that happens uh samus is walking through a room she's very like on guard and kind of above her on the ceiling kind of crawling around almost like a like a lizard like a chameleon Mm -hmm. is this big creepy robot and it spots her and she shoots at it fires a super missile right into its face and it's like that doesn't phase me and then throughout the rest of the trailer where they showed off some of the gameplay and some of the platforming that same robot was seen kind of chasing her at particular points of the game and they showed a mechanic where she sort of seemed to either freeze or go into some sort of shadow mode when that sort of, it's like a sentinel is kind of how I gathered it. It behaves. It's like a security or a sentinel kind of robot or Android. And when she sort of froze, it was right there scanning the area and could find her. Right. So I'm thinking that these are sort of going to function like the, uh, the guardians, the guardians from skyward sword, which love to see it. I loved those Guardian levels. Other people didn't, but I loved them. So I think that these are just going to be kind of a fun cat and mouse kind of addition to the to the Metroid game. And then, of course, there was tons of awesome gameplay, grappling galore, all kinds of ammo and missiles, everything right. that you want to see in a Metroid game. Uh, and I, I'm so excited. And the fact that it comes out this year, this is the kind of game that I feel very confident probably won't be delayed. They're probably done. They're probably yeah. like, yeah, we finished this two years ago. We're just waiting to release it. <laughs> and another thing that I'm excited about is, of course, this is on Switch. This is this isn't a hand. Well, it is a handheld game, but right, it's not right. technically just a handheld game, which gives me a lot of hope that this is going to put Metroid back on the map and very back and present in the minds of gamers and people who love Nintendo IPs. And it might even, you know, regenerate some renewed interest in Metroid Prime 4 and just in Metroid in general. Maybe this is kind of the 
the kick in the pants that gets the Metroid Prime chip trilogy ported to the Switch. I would love to see that. So I just have a lot of hope that this might lead to other good things later down the line for Metroid. Uh, this is a game that I'm getting on release day. Um, I've even considered ordering the fancy collector's edition that someone Oh, I, was, I meant to like message that to you earlier. Yeah, like, hey, you going to get this? I was like, ooh, it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> but like not even that. I mean, it's like, it's more expensive than the base game, but like yeah. still for what, for a switch game, it's, it's like for or collector's editions in general, it's not yeah. that bad. It was like 90 bucks. I want to say, and it came with like a steel book, art cards an art book and stuff yeah. like that. So like it, it had some cool stuff. The thing about dread that I do kind of want to see how it goes is, I guess this is also kind of true of hollow Knight is that if you play the game from a to B, and you don't do all of the extras, in theory, it's a short game. It's like Mm -hmm. a 10-hour game. Samus Returns was also like that, but it was a DS title. I don't remember it being that long. I kind of hope that Sam, not Samus Dread, that Metroid Dread is by default longer. Uh, I would be very happy if it winds up being, you know, base game 20, 25 hours. Even 15 to 20. I would happily take 15 to 20. Um, I just hope that it's a little bit bulkier of a game so that there's there's just more to enjoy. That's that's what I hope. But there will definitely be all kinds of extras that you can find and, you know, hidden secrets and stuff. So I personally will probably be pouring hours into Metro <laughs> Tread. And I, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. It's it's easily my number one by, by a mile. Awesome. Breath of the Wild 2 would have been number one if it were coming out today on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <laughs> but it's coming out next year, so I'll be excited about it next year or in nice. 2023. Like to look I um, okay, so Metroid Dread was also one of my honorable mentions. Um Metroid is a series that I have just pretty much missed out on. Uh and so you know, and talking about it, like, A, it looked awesome. So that was exciting. And, like, who doesn't love a good side-scrolling action platformer? Uh, but then, yeah, like, talking about it in the Discord with you and Brandon and everything, Brandon making the comment about it's the godmother of all and, like, of, oh, yeah. of like platformers and, of course, having the, oh, na- you like, young the Metroidvania <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, I'm excited to, like, see what those games are like. So oh, I think yeah. that's, like, my big appeal there. Um, I'll just run through my honorable mentions real quick. Don't want to spend a ton of time on these. Um, we saw more of Atomic Heart. That looks bonkers. It still continues to just look bonkers. With every with, to, with every new trailer or anything they show about that game, it just continues to look crazy. Uh, Somerville looks interesting too. It's it, it, I, I was watching the trailer for it and I was like, this looks kind of like Limbo, which made sense because it's actually created by one of the creators of, of Limbo at, a, at their new studio. And... Uh, so it looks like it has, it, it kind of hit me like it was like Limbo meets Last of Us or uh, A Quiet Place. It's just kind of like there's some like invasion going on. You're trying to survive as a family and you're going through obviously what looks like a lot of different like puzzles or like uh, it's a platformer, I guess, in a, in a sense, but probably more of a puzzle based platformer. Uh, but it looked interesting. What do you think of Redfall? The new the new arcane being developed here in Austin, yeah, uh, which I always think is cool to see. But I do like, too. I'm curious about it, but I'm not like super hyped about it. You know, like yeah. something about like the premise of it looks cool. Also, it was only a cinematic trailer, which, but you know, which I will art, which I know that's like that tells you nothing about what the game is actually going to look or play like, but. They do usually cinematic trailers still can build like a large amount of hype. And I just kind of watched it and was like, huh, okay. I I kind of get it. But also, like, it's kind of the same problem that I've I'd like said before about like with Outriders and stuff like that. You can play it single player, you can play it co-op, but obviously it's in it's meant to be played as a co-op game. See, and, that's where it lost me. Because yeah. I do have a lot of faith in Arcane. Right. I do not have any faith in Bethesda at all. I, so really, the only reason I would even be willing to give this game a shot is because it has Arcane's name on it. Right. Uh, as Same. far as as far as the gameplay, I honestly agree in that the reason that I personally love Arcane games, specifically the Dishonored series, is that they are oh, it's thunder in here, it's thunder and light in here. Uh oh, uh oh, uh, wrap this up before you lose power. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are Hit save. Oh God! They are specifically phenomenal single single player experience. 
experiences. Those right. are games that are designed to the T. Oh, God, beautifully designed to be killer single-player experiences. And we're also seeing that the uh, upcoming Deathloop is going to be kind of along those same lines. It looks right. like it's going to be incredible as a single-player game. This being kind of a, just like you said, it's it, you can play single-player, but it's more designed to be a multiplayer experience. I'm not, I'm skeptical. I'm not against it, but I am skeptical. And right. I will, because it's multiplayer, because it involves Bethesda, I've got, I've got some concerns. Yeah. So, well, it's kind of like Starfield. It's like they showed, they finally showed off like a cinematic for Starfield. It's like this. And I was kind of like, nothing. this tells me nothing. And then I've yeah. seen it later described as Skyrim in space. And I'm like, that doesn't inspire I'm out, confidence. You know what I mean? It's like, it, <laughs> yeah. like Bethesda's RPGs. Like I know people love Fallout. They and can I, be amazing. And stuff like that. But like, I just, they, their RPGs have just never clicked for me. So for that reason alone, with people already being like, it's Skyrim in space. I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, like, peace out. Sorry. <laughs> not for me. And I'm not even really ragging on Skyrim that much when I say this. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm specifically references, referencing Bethesda's newer releases mm -hmm. that were profoundly broken fallout 76 just broken broken games and you know bethesda games have never been <laughs> free of bugs that's not that's not real they are full of bugs right it's got remorse a legend for a reason but that can only remain entertaining for so long. And as we've just recently seen today, Cyberpunk 2077 is just now finally being let back on the PlayStation Store. Right. Sony finally said, fine. But it's not because they fixed it. They must have just fixed it enough. Just yeah. enough to let it back onto the PlayStation Store because the disclaimer on the game in the store is still going to expressly say, Users may experience, you know, issues playing the game. And I feel like you, they have had too many of those. There have just already been too many of those for Bethesda. I don't want to see another one. This game had better come out, and it had better be damn near perfect. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I want to see from this. And if it is, I'll give it a shot. I'll try to, I'll try to support them with my dollars, because who doesn't like to see a nice finished game? And because I like Arcane. But... If I hear two weeks after it releases that it's a broken disaster, I'm not playing this game. Right, right. I get it. I get it. So what were some of your other uh, honorable mentions? I didn't actually really have that many that we didn't already talk about. Really, the oh, okay. Ace Attorney games, Danganronpa. Uh, actually, Shin Megami Tensei looked interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a long-running series that I've never played this one on the Switch looks like, oh, okay, I'm kind of interested in that. Mm -hmm. So I, I would have to see a little bit more of it. I hope it gets a demo. If Shin Megami Tensei gets a demo, I'll definitely play that and see how I like it. Um, so I'm excited about that. But really, my notable mention is just the absence, the, the space of an elephant that should have been in the room but wasn't. No Hollow Knight Silk Song. So I, I feel like I saw I was very sad for you for you for that because yeah. I know how excited you are for that game. But I feel like I saw like a month ago, a month ago, a month ago um, <laughs> or, or something, maybe a little longer than that. But like they said, like it wasn't going to be here or don't I mean, expect it. I'm sure. But, you know, but like you're you still hoping for the bamboozle. <laughs> exactly. You're hoping yeah. for the Nintendo bamboozle because they do it all the time. So you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be there. So it wasn't, and that's a bummer, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it that's is the kind is. of game I'll wait as long as it takes. <laughs> so Team Cherry, take your time. I'm sad that it wasn't here right now, but I'll, I'll wait. I still have faith. <laughs> Waiting with open arms. Waiting with open arms. With all your heart. Uh, as far as what was missing or what I was surprised we didn't hear anything about, uh, I would have been shocked if this had been another E3 that we didn't hear at least Metroid Prime 4 mentioned at one, at least at one point. Yeah. Um, again, watching the the uh, IGN pre-show before, they mentioned like they were kind of saying like, hey, maybe we'll hear something about Bayonetta 3. And they said the last time yeah. we heard about that game was in 2017. It's been four years. Yeah, that's a while. The other that's game, wild. fairly similar and might have even been the same year of E3 that I was like, again surprised we heard nothing about Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh my god, yeah. Not Where's that? Lie. What's what's 
part of me legitimately thought that that game had kind of already come out and it no. just wasn't that great. So nobody talked about it. That game's still not out. Still not out. Wow. And haven't heard a peep in years. Ooh, that can't so, be good. So I'm, so I was kind of surprised about that too. Yeah. That's that uh, surprising. As far as that, other than that, I don't really know. You know, it's, it's odd still like not having Sony there and having like a Sony adjacent, because that was kind of the thing too, that I was thinking about a lot of my excitement. Like my big excitement there is still horizon forbidden West, Yeah, you know? And so it's like hoping, hoping for my own selfish reasons that yes, it comes out this year, obviously understanding completely if it gets pushed into 2022 already knew God of war Ragnarok's not coming out this year. So it's like the big hitters from Sony. I was already kind of like, eh, we're not getting, but it's still kind of weird to have E3 and then not hear any kind of news about their stuff. So maybe we'll get another state of play for them later on uh, this, you know, in the middle of the summer or something like that. But still there was a lot of stuff. A lot of really cool things were mentioned and a lot of cool uh, games were still shown off. Obviously we mentioned several of the things that we're very excited about. Uh, But of course, we would love to hear what you, our dear listener, viewer, are most excited about from E3 2021. Let us know. Write us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. Comment below. Uh, send us a message on your favorite social media. Send, talk to us about it on the Discord. We're all, I'm sure we'll be having lots and lots of E3 discussions over the next coming weeks still as we you know break down and become more familiar again with things that were released. Rewatch trailers of our favorite things and all that jazz. And so we, of course, would love to hear your thoughts and reactions to E3 2021. But unless you had any other thoughts, Mogan, I think that's pretty much it. My last final, I wasn't expecting it, but also it would have been nice if it had risen from the grave. Pikmin. Oh, if yeah, freaking yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Monkey Ball can come back, so can Pikmin, Nintendo. I'm sure it will at Pikmin some point. Pikmin 4! I'm sure it will. I, I hope it will. So fingers crossed for five years from now. Maybe it will be like a mid-summer direct or like fall direct, and they'll be like, hey, guess what? Pikmin 4 releasing November 23rd. God, I don't know. Get it Black Friday, or it's coming yeah. out today. <laughs> but whatever one can hope one can dream we'll 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 just have to dream exactly yep have to just dream well with that everybody that concludes this episode of team chat podcast thanks for hanging out with us today and listening to our thoughts on e3 and we will see you all next time until then i'm one of your hosts Jarrett wilson joined across the power of the internet by my co-host rachel moken peace out we'll see you all next time